night, so the bells of the great sept of Baylor are ringing. Ding, 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 ding. <laughs> Happy Christmas! What, what is this? I was going to say, is this is this the holiday version? The holiday version of what? Of Septimordain? Well, I, I mean, that might be a whole other topic to to start discussing but right you know i've been pitching on on um, twitter this whole range of of ned stark you know head decorations like baubles for the tree and little bobbleheads with no head and it's gonna be great (laughs) it's in the spirit of christmas bobbleheads with no head yes That's sold separately. Does any part of them bobble? That sounds so... I would no. not want to buy that. <laughs> that's the, that's the special not, it's thing. It's not even funny. I, I guess that's the point. <laughs> that's the point. What what else could you decorate your Game of Thrones Christmas tree with? Oh, entrails. Oh, entrails. Yes. Instead of garland, you have <laughs> yes. just the, the entrails. Yeah. And, um, you know, like the... Fishnet. Mm-hmm. Yes. Of hello. <laughs> that's, how the Gre- that's how the Greyjoys uh, celebrate Christmas. They just uh-huh. net uh, a pine tree. Yes, but um, obviously up. Uh, what about North by the Wall? All the men on the wall, the brave men Aww. of the Night's Watch. I wonder if Santa can find them. Maybe you put a White Walker or two up in the. Yeah, in the oh, tree? they're just their eyes because they shine they're like blue stars. Eyes. Light, light the tree. <laughs> yes, there. there you go. Yay! <laughs> we got it. Cut out White Walker eyes and have them light the tree. It's, <laughs> this is beautiful. This is a, a obviously a the great true way, goo you know, Christmas. Christmas approaches. A true goo Christmas is upon us. <laughs> Um, and as we all knew, you know, we heard this, uh, ages ago, we've been saying it, winter is coming. This is our first winter together, guys. It is. Aww. Since... I wonder how long it'll last this time. Ooh. My guess is, uh, three months. Till spring? <laughs> yeah, till spring. <laughs> Do you think all the kids in King's Landing are going to be upset now that Robert's dead? I mean, he definitely played Santa on that Iron Throne. They thought he was Santa? You know um... he did. Yeah. But you know, come on, Varys is there to take up, pick up the side. Yes, <laughs> yes, Varys. Varys might hairless. do a little something different with those kids, though. I was going to say did. it's not going to be a fun Christmas at um, King's Landing this year. No. God, what's wrong with us? I think Uncle Ray has corrupted our souls. It's true. You know what, Zach? You know what? Is Zach's not here to keep us all in line? Because that, that's that, what that, it that's, is. that's what he does. Is he he prevents us from saying things that would otherwise be offensive, and mm. uh, or he just cuts it out afterwards. Yeah, that's that too. So he makes us look less perverse than we, we really have to, are. We have to travel lightly. We have to tread lightly, tread softly, and keep a quiet shadow, mm-hmm. as they say. Um, Do they I'm say that? Sure. I'm not sure. No, where they say that. doesn't say that. But I think um, you made that up. Yeah, we're off to a good start uh, here on this week's episode of Goo. Of course, this is a fresh new week, and we are, you know, the winter is cometh. It's certainly cold here. Selena, how's the weather been by you? Oh, we just had a snowstorm today, and I a went s- outside. <laughs> In the snow. Did, did you have like... I was queen like, of the like north. Whole, you, you were queen of the north. <laughs> yes. Nice. Did you build a snowman? I did not. Did you make snow angels? But there were plenty of snowmen around that were creepy. Creepy? Oh. It was like a whole field of snowmen. It was really creepy. I was walking in the park and then I looked to my right and then just like in a field there were like snowmen everywhere. And yes, it was terrifying. So is it just, was it creepy? Because do you think, do you have a feeling like the snowmen were there? Yeah. And like that no children like ever put them there, that they were just there? They just yes. came out of the ground. It's like children of the corn, except yeah. it's snow. snow. <laughs> <laughs> They're going to march on your house in the middle of the night. So. I know, that's what I'm afraid of. <laughs> we might not have you with me. us next week. <laughs> uh, but Selena, you told me you did have soup. You managed to get some soup down. I got some soup down, so I'm keeping so the really winter hot. at bay. 
the chill from my bones. That's really what you have to do. I think before we begin our, our book discussion, of course, we heard the bells of Septimordain earlier. Septimordain. Um, come into play. <laughs> Am I saying it wrong? No, it's the Septim Baylor, but Septimordain's Septim- bells, I'm sure, are pretty interesting, too. <laughs> oh. Septimordain Septim- is the woman. Um, yeah. she, uh, she might have very nice she might bells. Have bells. You were talking about the Baylor's bells? Yes. The whole time? Okay. Except of Baylor. The bells are chiming. So I will, will say before we continue that um, if you have an item that, that you wish to see added to the Game of Owns Christmas tree, oh, yes. um, whether it's baubles of Ned's head or um, nets or entrails instead of garland, if you have any other ideas, um, please send that to us uh, either via Twitter at Game of Owns or by email, contact at gameofowns.com. And now we get into this week's, uh, well, today's chapter, which is, of course, the Sansa chapter, following a very eventful uh, Arya and previously Ned chapter that we read last week. Yeah. She, she's the weak link of the three, I have to be honest with you. She's not as excited. So by, the, by the time you got to this, you were just like, okay, time for a breath of, you know, exhaling I don't oxygen. Know. I don't agree, because I think that Sansa offers such a unique perspective, because she's, I mean, in the first book, she's so annoying. I mean, I know she gets better, and I really enjoy her in later books, but in this one, it's just, you, you get all these all these men, and all these children, even, who are so laid down with all this doom, and they know, they seem to know that something really bad is about to happen, and it's all very depressing. Then you get to Sansa, and she's like, oh, Jane Poole's really annoying, and like, I don't really know what I'm going to wear today, and like, the queen hasn't spoken to me, and I'm really annoyed with all of it. It's just, I like it. <laughs> was that your disgruntled noise, or did you just... What happened? No, I was I was putting the, the piece of uh, fabric back onto the mic. Oh. <laughs> it fell off. And uh, so hopefully uh, that yes, that was my disgruntled voice actually. <laughs> okay, it's very appropriate <laughs> for effect. Uh, but no, I agree with you. It, it's a different perspective certainly, and it just shows the range of of an author like George R. R. Martin to get in the head of a thirteen or fourteen year old girl, which must be difficult for him uh, certainly. And and I think he's actually said in interviews that Sansa is one of the most difficult characters for him to write. Uh, just because to get inside the mind of, of a of a younger female is not an easy thing to do when you're a 60-plus-year-old man. Yeah, you'd think, anyway. But the, the biggest thing that I took away from this chapter is, in a way, Sansa is responsible for all the events that we've just read about in the last two chapters because she went to the queen and she told on her father, basically. Yeah. She ratted him out. She didn't know what she was doing, to be fair, right? I mean, when she said that, that mm. she just didn't want to be taken away, I guess, I I don't really know. She I, was just being selfish. You know, she was being a 13-year-old girl. She was thinking about her own future with Joffrey, you know? Yeah. I, I think part of the problem is she holds the queen in such high regard. Yeah. And, and she wants to do anything and everything to impress her because she's the mother of, of Joffrey, as, you know, as, as Selena just pointed out. And I think... She gets lost in that a lot of the time, whereas as the books progress, and even as the chapters will progress in this book, her perspective changes drastically about the Lannisters as a whole. And so she didn't know what she was doing, but she unintentionally then set these events uh, in into uh, action. Right. And mm-hmm. now that Ned's been captured and Arya's on her own, Sansa really is the only one left in the castle with the rest of these people that she's going to have to put up with now 
for the foreseeable future. You know, it, it is interesting what Sansa did because as I was thinking about it, um, it made more sense. Like Arya and Sansa, Arya is somebody who is a very, um, you know, restless spirit until she finds, you know, this, uh, the sword fighting lessons with Ciro Pharrell. That has just come to an end, but she really had her niche. You know, she, she knew her destiny. She, she was going to be more adventurous, more boy-like, if, you know, if you will. Sansa feels that her future is, you know, with the queen, with Joffrey, you know, at Joffrey's side. And so when she feels that that's about to be taken away, she goes to the queen, um, right. you know, about it because she doesn't want her future to be interrupted, um, any more than Arya wanted hers to be interrupted. But, you know, I, I just think that it's so unfortunate because now their father's in captivity and, and, and she mm. essentially gave the queen a timeline with which to work. You know, the fact that, that Ned was going to retreat. Yeah. I'm glad that we're being so reasonable about, about Sansa though, because it, it's so easy to hate her. You know what I mean? Like when, when we were just about to start recording one of the hypable guys, Michael, I think that's how you say his name. He, he, actually t uh, tweeted me and he was like, but you can't hate Sansa because blah, 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 blah. <laughs> it was very sweet. She has a lot of, of support, I think, because it's so easy to hate her. Will you read the tweet? Well, he just said, this is, this is impossibly random, but I'm weirdly terrified that the next episode of Goo is going to be a hate fest on my poor girl Sansa. <laughs> Cue internal wailing. All she gave Cersei was a timeline. So, yeah. Well, that, that fits with... What I just said. Exactly. I feel, I feel like I'd like this guy. I feel like <laughs> I'd like this guy. Yeah. Um, that's the thing you don't do to anybody who's, who's plotting ill will on your family is, is, is give them the advantage of knowing when you're going to act. Um, or in, or in Ned's case, really not act because he did not want to seize the queen. He just simply wanted to get his family away safely. Um, you know, and unfortunately that, that won't be happening now. Yeah. But she didn't want to go. That, that's the whole point. You just brought it up. I mean, Comparing Arya to Sansa, Arya can't wait to go back to Winterfell, whereas Sansa, she wants to be in King's Landing. She doesn't want to go anywhere else. And it's almost like when it's time to leave a friend's house or you're staying with family that you really like and you don't want to go back and spend time at home. You do everything in your power to go to the person who you know might be able to fix that and beg and plead and, and do whatever you can. And that's kind of what Sansa did here in order to secure her place at, at King's Landing, not knowing what the adverse effects of that were going to be. Yeah, and as you mentioned earlier, she just holds the queen in such high regard because she's the queen, she's elegant, you know, in, in, in that way that I think Lena Headey portrays her uh, as being, you know, just grand. E even though in reality she is this very damaged woman um, who does not really care for the welfare of the king. Let's just, I think it's safe to say that. Um <laughs> And doesn't even really care for Sansa. Now, I wanted to talk about Sansa and the Queen's relations, like, in this chapter. Um, because she, you know, she, she's controlling her. She's manipulating her. Absolutely. And, and she knows that she can because she's this impressionable 13, 14 year old girl who's in awe of Cersei. And I know that in the TV series, it's made clear, I think a little later on, probably in season two, um, especially when they're holed up. You know, in in is it the Red Keep? Am I am I right about that? Yes. Oh my God, I'm awesome. Um, <laughs> the, <laughs> I just said yes. I have no idea if you're right. Oh Jesus, Me really? No, I, I think I I, no, no, no. You're right. You're right. No, no, no. Because you know, I have trouble rem remembering some of these things. But um, no, really, when they're holed up, and Sansa and Sansa and the Queen have several scenes where it's just you know the Queen confesses or appears to be you know tender to her about 
oh, you remind me of myself, this, that, the other thing. So it's interesting having seen the TV series first and then reading these sequences or reading these, you know, scenes in the book because you wonder how much they are the same characters, I guess. Like if the queen is going to similarly open up to Sansa in the future. Right. Yeah, I, I think you even got a little bit of that towards the end of the second season when they were all, um, you know, is that is that what you're referring to, Eric? Yeah. Yeah, so when, when they're being attacked by Stannis, there's that very real moment in between the two of them uh, where she basically tells them, or she tells Sansa exactly what's about to happen to her. Um, but I feel like right now she's just playing her for, for a fool, and she's doing a great job of it. No? Yes, maybe? Yes. She has all the power. So at the beginning of the chapter, though, there's this discussion between Sansa and the Queen, and the Queen finds out that she's been staying with Jane Poole, and the Queen doesn't like this idea at all because, of course, Jane's father has been killed uh, during the whole situation that took place in the throne room. And I'm wondering why is it that the Queen has an issue with Sansa even being around somebody like Jane? Well, I think it's, you know, expressed initially when she says, who knows what lies she's been filling her head with. Um, the queen fears above all, like, the transmission of knowledge, I guess. So the, it just, she sees people who who defy her or would potentially defy her as being very dangerous, uh, rightly so. Um, and I, I think she just has very big plans for Sansa, especially because of what she's going to cause the, the rest of the Starks to do. Um, you know, or, you know, at least in the queen's eyes, she has such big plans for Sansa that she really doesn't want Sansa to lose that, you know, great faith in her, um, and, or to see or hear anything that, you know, causes her to lose focus. Yeah, I think that's a good point. I think it always, it always, it always bothered me, this thing that happened with Jane, because essentially, I mean, even more so, I think, than, than Sansa, I mean, no, not even more so, because she did set everything in motion with her father, but the fact that she is so, she's so, she sees such a short way ahead that she doesn't realize people are dying, you know, and that her room and her and Jane are safe, that she's just kind of annoyed at her presence. And she essentially with, you know, a a very, very few amount of words, she dooms Jane to this horrible fate, which is either a whorehouse or death. I mean, we don't really know at this point. And, And I think that, it's just, it's a terrible power to give to such a small girl who has no idea what she's actually doing with it, you know? And it's it's very upsetting. Yeah, and, and obviously, for those who have read further in the series, Jane, you know, is, is around for a little while. But you're right, as, as far as giving her uh, any sort of choice, what choice do you have? Go to a whorehouse or die? All I mean, right. That, yeah, that's... Well, which one are you going to choose? If we all had to choose, what would we choose? Whorehouse. But here's the thing. It's not, he was... He <laughs> I don't want to die. About, don't feel bad, Selena. Eric's trying to rationalize. <laughs> yeah. here's, here's the thing. Baelish is like, oh, she'll be looked after. Um, but what does that mean? Like, he's going to whore her out. There's no... It just doesn't... There's no, like, she's going to continue to be educated as a young lady in the ways of a young lady. <laughs> like, she's being treated as, like, an enemy non-combatant in a way. Um, but worse because you're <laughs> selling her. It just—it's not pleasant. There's no good option for her. Either she dies or is or is whored out. And 
I mean, yeah, sure, she gets to live a little bit longer, as you say, Micah. She's around for a little bit. I don't, I don't know what that means, but well, read on. You shall find out. I will. I will, <laughs> Micah. Thank yeah, you very Eric. much for your encouragement. Uh, I will read it well, for no other reason than to find out what happens to Jane Poole. It's just amazing to me, and and Selena touched on this a little bit. Just the level of deception that's going on in this in this particular chapter, not just with Cersei, but with Varys, with Grandmeister Pycelle, they're all lying to this this young girl about the fact that her father is a traitor and that he, when referring to Pycelle, heard with his own ears what you know King Robert said to Lord Eddard before uh, he passed away and that now all of a sudden that Robert's dead, Ned is trying to take advantage of the situation. And it's it's just completely disingenuous because we all know Ned's character and it wouldn't be in his character to try and take the throne. If anything, it would seem to me that Sansa would say, well, hold on a second. We've been here. He's trying to send us home. And not once during his entire time in King's Landing has he ever said, yeah, I, I'd love to take Robert's position. That That's really what I'm looking to do. Yeah. And well, the thing is, like when this when the queen tells Sansa, you know, your father wanted to steal the throne, you know, it's 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 not it's a half truth, right? He wanted to steal it from Joffrey, but not for himself, right? Is the thing, which is why the queen can tell that lie. It's just it's like a lie with some truth in it, right? She wants she wants to know she wants Sansa to know that, um, you know, that Joffrey was you know has been targeted, so that she feels some sort of sympathy for. The Lannisters. She's just kind of um, what's the word? Brainwashing her, really. You know, your father, and you know, and all these things that have been. Sansa's like, oh, they must be a mistake, but it's backed up. Like, I just, I just don't know. This is just some very hardcore manipulation. Yeah, it's brilliant, though. <laughs> How so? I mean, it's just, it's just brilliant. Like, it's just brilliantly done. I think, and I think that Cersei is one of the most fantastic characters in the whole series because of her cold calculating way of, of trying to control these people but underneath there's just this this desperate need to compete you know in this man's world I, I love her yeah it's uh, very much a shame that Cersei should meet that untimely end um, you know later on in the series isn't that right what <laughs> <laughs> darn it she doesn't I was like what? is she still around by the fifth book because I, how does he know that I can't handle not? no or not right no I'm mm-hmm. I'm just playing at straws here yeah um, you're oh, what, fate, what was that Eric? that you said huh something about Cersei yeah her untimely end oh yeah absolutely mm-hmm. oh come on guys. I can't get any I can't get anything out of you <laughs> no you're not gonna get anything out of this <sighs> it's a shame I had to try maybe a walk of shame <laughs> yeah. yeah it is a shame this is me walking um, shamefully but it, it was interesting to me though that you had Cersei at one point telling Ned that he should have taken the throne when he had the opportunity, when he told Jaime to step down. This was a couple of chapters earlier, I think, when they were in the Godswood. And yet here she is now saying to his own daughter that, in fact, he is trying to plot to take the throne. So it's just amazing to me how she can twist situations and words and, and all this other stuff to try and play it in her, in her advantage. And I think now you really start to see the game being played at a completely different level. At least that's what I took out of this situation. When when you have somebody like Varys, who can, who definitely knows the truth of, of everything that's going on here. Pycelle might know part of the truth, but not necessarily all of it. And yet they're all kind of catering to Cersei's needs and, and 
you know, for right now, they're all in her corner. Uh, and you wonder, is that going to change at all? And, and who else is on this person's side or that person's side? So clearly, things are about to go down. That's what I'm trying to say. If you look at how ugly it really is, though, the fact that Cersei is having to manipulate this 13, 14-year-old girl um, in order to achieve her, her, you know, her ends, it's just kind of sick, you know? It's it's just very twisted. And, and here's this girl. She's scared. She just wants to see her father. She's like, maybe if I can see my father, this, that, the other thing. And Cersei's like, girl... We've told you of his crime. <laughs> you know, we've told you this. If you're if girlfriend if you're as loyal girlfriend, mm-hmm. you would just believe us. And she's not you know, it's it just she's really scaring Sansa about her father. And I hope, you know, in a way, and this is not I, I just hope that Sansa realizes at some point in the future that she has caused those events only so she can be smarter about trusting and you know, to not put herself in the same situation. I think Sansa right now is the least like Ned. Um, you know, perhaps that argument can be made uh, as I just have and supported with more evidence from the books. But I think that she could really be in the future, a lot more pragmatic, a lot smarter. And just to kind of, in the way that hell hath no fury, like a woman scorned, like Sansa really needs to realize how badly she's being uh, tooled right now mm, and you would hope so and just really kind of be uh you know somebody's wife who can make a big damn difference you know yeah in the future and you wonder though does cersei really believe that if these letters are written and sansa signs them that the starks are going to keep the peace that catalan and the tullys are going to keep the peace knowing that ned has been taken captive or is it more a formality uh, well, I mean, just have a look at, uh, what, you know, what we'd seen in, in season two with how, uh, the Kingslayer is able to influence Catelyn into making her move by playing on her, her weakness, um, you know, for wanting her children all back together. So I think that's, that's what, it, that's what the, the power is that in sending these letters, Sansa is being held captive by the Lannisters essentially is is what i think the other stars are going to read into it and aria you know being disappeared nobody knows you know what what's become of her and so i think it's really dangerous time and the, the family just wants to to come together and if you know coming to king's landing and bending the knee to the lannisters is a, a, you know a way to get them all in the same place at least yeah that's what i think i think it's it's less that she believes that there's going to be any knee bending going on it's more that she she's just letting Catelyn and and Rob know, hey, we have your sister, and and she's doing everything we want, <laughs> right? You know, because we're masterful bitches <laughs> right now because she doesn't know any better. Yeah, that that's the worst part. Yeah. So so, do you guys have owns? Oh, yes, I, I lost do. Lost my notes. Oh, Selena, you could give it to Cersei. Could give it to Cersei. That's true. Uh... I'm just gonna give it to, in a way, it's Sansa, but I, I don't really know if it goes to anybody in particular. It's the last paragraph of the chapter. It says it was not until later that night, as she was drifting off to sleep, that Sansa realized she had forgotten to ask about her sister. Oh, I know that was so chilling. Ooh. Nice job, Sansa. Way to be the older sister. <laughs> I know it's terrible, isn't it? Yep. I can understand why people hate her character. <laughs> well, can, right now, right now, you so, can understand it. Yeah. So, Michael, if that's how we pronounce your name, 
that's what we're giving Sansa shit for, forgetting yes. about Arya. Not once does she ask about Arya. So there's that. Um, of course, my own is Cersei, even though it's kind of a reverse own because she sucks so badly. Um, but she just cheers uh, Sansa on at the very, very end. It says, with a smile as warm as the sunrise, Cersei Lannister leaned close and kissed her gently on the cheek. Quote, I knew you would. Joffrey will be so proud when I tell him what courage and good sense you've shown here today. Mm. Just master manipulation from Queen Bitch. It's amazing. <laughs> I mean, she ha she gets my own as well. I have to. She's just perfect. Um, and if you have any particular owns from this chapter, be sure to send them in to us. You can do so through Twitter, the Tweety Bird, as we like to call it, or the <laughs> or the Raven, or the Crow, the Raven, or yes. send us any a raven. other flying animal. Uh, do you think that we could? Uh, do you think that we could be successful if we knocked off Twitter by calling it the Raven, and then instead of tweets, people sent caws? <laughs> Maybe. Kaka. I was on Kakater the other day. No, you know, no, that doesn't have the work. same same ring. Does to it not? No, no, because no. I bet they went through. You know those other animals, owls. Yeah. Well, they do. They do have Hootsuite for people who use multiple Twitter and other social media accounts with a little owl. So they did. They did kind of bite off it a little bit. But I think Larry the uh, the Twitter bird is just is too cool. Did you know that he's named after Larry Bird? No. No. The uh, I found that out, this little bit of historical information that has absolutely no relevance to Game of Thrones. But <laughs> we do do that from time to time here uh, on this show. But uh, as mentioned, if you have uh, just any owns that you'd like to send in to us, perhaps you had uh, an own in your life that uh, you'd like to share with us, or that, that person who sent in the tweet last week about the old woman, perhaps you owned her on the bus after she uh, gave you that funny look. But... Regardless, you can send us your tweets. You can also send us a, a message or make a nice little post on Facebook at facebook.com backslash gameofowns or visit our website, gameofowns.com, where there is plenty of information, uh, not only about this podcast, but about Game of Thrones, news, memes, all other sorts of great information. Uh, but there's also another website you can head to to find out about this series and many others. Isn't that right, Selena? There is indeed. The name of this website is hypable.com. That's H-Y-P-A-B-L-E.com. And it's awesome. Yeah. That's all I got. Just the name sounds awesome. I know, right? That's all you need. <laughs> That's all you can get. Um, we'll read it tweets uh, and stuff that we've received from you a little later this week. But um, for now... That's all. Ta-ta. Tweet, tweet. And keep gooey. Yay. Yay. I'm Eric Smith. I'm Selena Wilkin. And I'm Mikey Tanaka. Bye, everybody. Bye. See you next time. Bye. Bye.